Are you being influenced? If you watched a blockbuster film in the last decade, then there's a chance it's been influenced by the Chinese Communist Party. Here's the reality. The CCP may be running the largest influence campaign in history. In Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, investigative reporter Tiffany Meyer reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries, or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. Make the switch today and save an additional 50% off your first month. Choose a wireless company who shares our values. Go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries. That's puretalk.com slash jesse. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, another hour of the Jesse Kelly Show, and I need to do a couple disclaimers here before I begin. One, I swear on my life, this is kind of a political show, more of a like right-wing talk show. Honestly, it really is. It really is. If you're a new listener, I, do, I, I swear we do talk about like big issues whenever they come up. and We talk about every single day values and I'm an anti-communist and communists suck and feminists are ugly and things like we, we say all these things. But I do get sidetracked on occasion with other things. You're not supposed sh- I should note you're not supposed to do this in radio. Like if they're handing I'm sure they do they have radio in college. I bet you they have radio in college. You can learn. You did radio. You guys did radio stuff. Oh, really? Do they teach you how to like do a show and stuff like that? They do? Oh, I never knew. Anyway, so I'm sure in college, they, they, they tell you not to do this. You're not supposed to do what I'm about to do. But I do it anyway. Why? Because it entertains me, and I enjoy it. So we're going to set politics aside. No more Joe Biden. No more Dome. <laughs> no more Eric Adams. We have a brand. No more journalist Jesse. 
it's time to talk about history. I am going to tell a history story. And because there's nothing major going on tonight, I don't have any idea how long it's going to take me. It might be 10 minutes. Might be 20. It might be an hour. I'll stop whenever I'm good and finished. That's disclaimer number one. And that begins here in like 30 seconds. Disclaimer number two. Tomorrow's Ask Dr. Jesse Friday. Your Ask Dr. Jesse questions along the same line. They can be political. That's great. Fine. Don't care. It can be about history or food or men or women or travel or employment or, or stupid things. I love stupid things. I'm stupid. Email your questions in right now because our whole show tomorrow is about you, your emails. But email them in right now, jesse at jessekellyshow.com. But I got this email and it inspired me. Jesse. Or actually, they got, that's not nice. He says, Dear Water Walking Oracle, I'm 16 and I love history, especially World War II. I've heard you talk a lot about World War II, but I've never heard you talk about the Doolittle Raiders. Please share the story so everyone can hear. Okay, so this is going to be a long setup, and then we're going to do the story, and I'm going to tell you the aftermath, and I will tell you. There's a good chance you've heard of the Doolittle Raid. You might not know what it was. You've heard of it. I bet you money you don't know anything about the aftermath. And I bet you might see the Doolittle Raid a little bit differently after you hear about the aftermath. You ready for that? Buckle up. This is not supposed to be done on radio, but I do whatever I want. So here it is. You know these things, so I'm going to buzz through this fairly quickly. Japan was, for the longest time, a very, well, it still is, but a very insular country. Very insular. We're talking 1500 to, to 1700. If you went to Japan in 1505 and then went there in 1705, it would look almost like the same country. Very little technological advancement because they didn't really believe in that. You'd still see people in robes and samurai swords and, and the whole works. I was just like, I mean, really, really cool, but not really technologically advanced. Then America kind of spurred this whole thing on. We showed up in Japan, and keep in mind, this is still hot and heavy in the colonial era. We showed up in Japan with warships, cannons, and guns and stuff like that. The Japanese are sitting around with swords, and we said, hey, we'd love to trade with you. And they said, nah, not really interested. They were super anti-Christian and stuff back then, too. You know, get out. Well, they still kind of are, but get out, Christians, that kind of thing. And we said, no, no, you don't, you don't understand. We're going to be trading with you. We, we weren't asking. We're, we're going to be trading. This is a short version of this, but this is kind of what happened. Japan, they start looking around at the world, and they realize smaller tribal peoples are being conquered and colonized, period. End of story. Whether this is uh, Indochina, French, you know what is Vietnam now? Viet, whether it's in Vietnam to uh, the, the Indians in America, all across the globe, they're watching colonial powers take over less technologically advanced tribal powers. And so in its response to that, believe me, this is all leading up to Doolittle and Pearl Harbor and things like that. In response to that, they did what's called, you should honestly get a book on it or watch a documentary on it if you're not a reader. Something called the Meiji Restoration. Meiji with a J, by the way. The Meiji Restoration. And what it was, I have honestly, I have never seen anything like it in the history of mankind. I'm sure there are similar things. I've never seen them. 
Japan just simply decided, okay, we're a little backwards technologically, but we want to keep our traditions. We have cool traditions, but we can't be backwards. If we stay backwards, we're going to get dominated. We're going to get colonized, and I would like to stay Japan. So you know what? We're changing. We're getting advanced. And they just did it. They just took people and they sent them all over the world. They sent their ambassadors all over the world to learn. Okay, how do you make industry? Uh, how do you do? How do you do guns? Uh, military tactics that aren't samurai swords and bows? No, 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 no. We want to do what you do. We want to be advanced. And they went to the best places in the world, and they uh, adopted their stuff, took it back to Japan, and because the Japanese people are a fascinating people anyway, and fascinatingly diligent. They just dug in and started doing it good, in some cases better. And all of a sudden, boom, Japan is modern. Over a short span of time, they go from nothing to modern. And now, something happened. And this is the best way I can describe this. You. Let's say you're weak and unable to defend yourself. All right, You know what? I'm going to focus on dudes here for a second, because ladies would probably think about this a little differently. If you're a dude... Let's say you're weak and unable to defend yourself. Just, just, there's not, there's never been your lot in life, and you get picked on a little bit. You got a bully at work or school, and you decide, "I've had enough. I'm going to make myself better, so I can't be picked on anymore." And so you start training and training and training and training and training. And it doesn't take long. I should note if this happens to be your situation to get very, very competent fighting about a month or two of professional real professional training not your stupid karate class but real professional fight training and you can beat up most people on the street so after a month or two you're ready and all of a sudden you defend yourself against that bully but let's say you're not a great person morally and you keep training and keep training and keep training and soon you figure out man not only is that guy not beating me up anymore I can beat up anybody I want. In fact, I think I'd like to take that kid's lunch money next to me. Well, that's kind of what happened with Japan. They got so good and advanced so fast, but they, because of their economy, which just got modern, they were gobbling up all their natural resources, and they look over the ocean and they see China. China, at this point, is low. They don't have any more emperors now China's in a civil war between the nationalists, Chiang Kai-shek and the nationalists, and Mao and the communists, and there were other communist leaders, but Mao ended up leading. But China at this point in time, they're in a civil war. China's kind of technologically weak too, not as weak as Japan was, but certainly not advanced. And Japan's thinking, huh, uh, I wouldn't mind some of that. They do have some national resources we could use, and guess what? They can't stop us. Japan moves in. They start conquering in a very benign way Japan. All this stuff took place long before Pearl Harbor, by the way. We think of World War II as either Hitler invading Poland or Pearl Harbor. Japan were The Japanese and Chinese were killing each other a long time before that. Anyway, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. Japan makes a home in China. We, America, and Britain both had heavy, especially Britain, had heavy financial interests in China. And we didn't like what Japan was doing in China, and we decided to tell Japan, okay, you need to stop. And Japan said, okay, well, you can go pound sand. And we said, no, you need to stop. And Japan said, no, you need to pound sand. And we said, Japan, you know all that oil and steel and stuff we send you? Because America sent virtually all of their oil and steel, because sadly Japan has none. Japan Japan said, yeah, what of it? We said, okay, we're going to stop sending that to you. That That beautiful navy you've built? 
Guess what those ships are worth without any fuel? Nothing. They're not worth anything. We'll stop sending everything. We'll cut you off. Japan got what it thought was in an impossible situation, and they did the dumbest thing in the history of the world. That's going to be Pearl Harbor. I'm not going to spend any time on that. I'll spend 30 seconds on that when we get back, and then I'll get to the Doolittle Raid response to that. Let me get to this email really quickly first. Jesse, amazing work you were doing bringing attention to this charitable organization. My friend's cousin left her nursing job in New York City. She could not take hearing babies being aborted that were crying during late-stage abortions. Too sad for her. Says his name is Ed. He's talking about preborn. Preborn is the one that is finding these young women before they make these decisions, and they're simply offering them a free ultrasound. That ultrasound costs preborn $28. It doesn't cost the young lady a thing. It's free to her. Don't thank me. I get these a lot. Thank you for preborn. Thank you. I just discovered preborn. Th- I am the least important person in this whole thing. Preborn is the one out there in the trenches. You are the one out there paying for it. I'm an idiot on the radio simply informing you about the organization. Please do not thank me. Thank yourself and thank preborn. All right? If you want to give $28 and provide one of those young women an ultrasound, save a baby's life, go to preborn.com slash jesse. All right? We are on a mission. 15,000 babies' lives. That's our mission here on The Jesse Kelly Show. Preborn.com slash Jesse. Or you can dial pound 250 baby. Jesse Kelly. It is The Jesse Kelly Show. Chris, who's he? What, what's the name of that? Sulia? Susudio? Have we had this talk before? I feel like we've had this talk before. Who's Susudio? It doesn't stand for anything. We looked this up already. Dang it. All right. Anyway, it's the Jesse Kelly Show. <laughs> it's the Jesse Kelly Show. Remember, if you miss any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. And we're not doing any politics right now. So if you're looking for that, you should probably go. <laughs> we're doing history. So a 16-year-old asked me about the Doolittle Raids. We'll get back to politics. And I'm going to get to phone calls in a little while. I haven't done those in all, all week long. I'll get them in a little while. But I'm doing history right now. Leave me alone. I'm doing history. Now, that was the lead up to Pearl Harbor. We're getting to Doolittle. Then Pearl Harbor happens. I don't have to explain to you what Pearl Harbor is. I'm not going to insult your intelligence. Uh, maybe I'll do a deep dive on Pearl Harbor, although I'm sure I've done one before at some point in time. Just know if you've ever been tempted to say, you know, that's suicide. Why they do that? They basically knew it was suicide. Japan felt that it had no choice. They felt it was their only chance. Hey, if we bomb their Pacific fleet, they'll be so hurt that it'll give us time to fortify these Pacific islands. And this is going to come into play here in a minute. It'll give us time to fortify these Pacific islands. And then we'll be too dug in and Americans are to remember the Japanese were super, super racist. Uh, Pause on this for a brief moment. Everybody's racist or prejudiced against something. Okay. Everyone is. It's human nature. That's how people are made. Even today, in this day and age, because we shame different things, nobody ever wants to point that out or nobody ever wants to talk about that. But if you look at the entire history of the world, you will see examples of prejudice. And no, contrary to what your communist social studies teacher told you in the fifth grade, kids, it's not just whitey. It's not just evil American. People are just that way. It's part of our flawed human nature. I'm 
we are us and we're clearly superior to them who are inferior. That's not some American thing or, or some Nazi thing. That's people, man. And the Japanese were no different at this time. I'm not judging them either. You know, I adore Japan. They felt they were of a superior breed, most definitely, most definitely superior to all of Asia, and they thought they were superior to us. They thought we were weak and soft, and they thought we would lose a few men trying to take some islands back and eventually say, ah, screw it, we're going home. That was the Pearl Harbor plan. You know Pearl Harbor happened, but let's talk about that now. Okay, Pearl Harbor just got done. This, it's, things are still smoking in Hawaii. Now let's focus on how we got to the Doolittle Raid. I, I actually have a great example of what Pearl Harbor, if you read the accounts. Look, I wasn't there, obviously. All I, all I know is not only have I read accounts, I actually got a really wonderful conversation one time when I was washing golf clubs for a living. I think I was 15. I was washing golf clubs at the local course, and we had this old timer who always wore his Pearl Harbor veteran hat, and I loved him, and he loved me, and we were always talking, and he sat down with me for a half hour, 45 minutes one time, and told me his perspective on Pearl Harbor and what it was like for him. But I was not there, okay? So I'm not, I'm not trying to steal that valor. But the best I can describe it for America as a whole was 9-11. That feeling you had on 9-11 where, wait, we were attacked? Us? No, nobody attacks us. Hold on. We're not even at war. What? Who attacked us? Why? That kind of shock and Almost, and I hate to use this word, I don't think I've ever used this word because I don't get offended, but almost that offended feeling. Like, are you kidding me? You you attacked us? That was the national feeling. Those pictures, and I encourage you to go look at them. And kids, again, ask your parents about them if you're not allowed online. These are easy pictures to find. Go look up pictures of the recruiting offices after Pearl Harbor. The sucker punch aspect of it, because they didn't declare war first, and that we were so taken aback that somebody could attack us on our own soil. Remember, that hadn't happened since eighteen, the War of 1812. America in 1941, I'm sorry, we didn't, we didn't have any idea what that was like. We were so offended nationally. It was on. And so, boom, every young man in America, every Tom, Dick, and Harry down there at the recruiting office, let's go, let's go beat up the Japanese. I should note this because this gets lost in history. The Nazis obviously are horrible, but because today there is so much focus on Nazism, especially with the system, the corrupt communists and the system because of their ongoing efforts to conflate republicanism with Nazism, that has actually increased the focus on Nazism as a society and as how we view World War II. And Nazis were bad. I, I, don't get me wrong, but that was not what we were mad about post-Pearl Harbor. Prior to Pearl Harbor, while the, the Nazis were scumbags prior to Pearl Harbor too, even though they weren't mass-gassing Jews yet, they were still a bunch of murderous trash but prior to Pearl Harbor, with the murderous Nazis on the move, we didn't want any part of the war. Nobody. Nobody in America wanted to be involved. That's who we were as a nation. Hey, not my problem. Uh, no, I don't like Nazis because we had a couple Nazi groups try to start here, and we beat the crap out of them and threw them out. So we didn't like them, but we weren't ready to go to war with them. Hey, but that's not my problem. It was Japanese anger that spurred all those recruiting lines after Pearl Harbor. 
the Nazi anger came on later when we finally figured out, oh, wow, these people are actual devils. I, did, I didn't realize this was Japanese anger that created those recruiting lines. But it did more than that. It, you know what, I'm going to have to continue here in a second. I'm running out of time. But look, that was a time when America's testosterone levels hadn't free-falled to basically female levels like they have now. That's why we had lines around the recruiting office, because we were still a high-T society. If Pearl Harbor, Harbor happened again tomorrow, don't get me wrong, there are a bunch of high-T young men out there who'd be there, but the lines would be a fraction as long because everyone's drinking estrogens. You are. I am. They're in the waters. Look, there's no, they're in the plastic. I have a plastic water bottle. Hear that? It's sitting right beside me. It has estrogen in the plastic and the water. Chalk is a natural solution. Natural herbal supplements. I take a male vitality stack from Chalk every day. 20% increase in my testosterone in 90 days. Those are clinical trials. I've been on the daggone thing for 9, 10 months now. Ladies, there's a female vitality stack. Don't worry, you're not going to grow a beard unless you're Italian. But you will feel better. Male vitality stack. Female vitality stack. They're both 35% off with the promo code JESSE. Or maybe you don't want either of those. Fine. You should see their endless natural herbal supplements. You have things that bother you? Little ailments? Have you tried something natural yet? No more Big Pharma? Chuck.com. C-H-O-Q.com. Promo code Jesse's what gets you the discount, all right? We'll continue with the Doolittle Raid next. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. 
I'm not ashamed of saying I love my dog. I do. And I definitely want him to be as healthy as possible. And that's why I get so excited about Rough Greens. I now have a real appreciation for the passion that Rough Greens creator, naturopathic Dr. Dennis Black has for dogs and their good health. Dr. Black knows nutrition is critical for dogs, and that's why he created Rough Greens with all the needed vitamins, minerals, probiotics, omega oils, digestive enzymes, antioxidants, bad breath, odor, poor digestions, achy joints, low energy. All those can be dealt with when you actually give your dog nutrition. Right now, Dr. Black and his dogs are offering a free Jumpstart trial bag so your dog can try it. You don't need to change your dog's food. Just add a scoop of Rough Greens to it. A free Jumpstart trial bag can be at your door in just a few days. Go to roughgreens.com slash jesse or call 833-33-MY-DOG. That's roughgreens.com slash jesse. Nowadays, 20 bucks barely gets you a burger and fries or maybe a quarter tank of gas. You know what it will get you, though? For just 20 bucks a month, you can get unlimited talk, text, and plenty of 5G data from my sponsor and my cell phone company, Pure Talk. You'll get the same quality of service as AT&T, Verizon, or T-Mobile, but for half the cost. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year, all with no contracts and no activation fees. You can bring your phone or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Androids. Make the switch today and save an additional 50 percent off your first month choose a wireless company who shares your values who supports our military and veterans who creates american jobs and who refuses to advertise on fake news networks instead they advertise with us go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch today so you can actually afford that burger and fries that's puretalk.com slash jesse It is the Jesse Kelly Show, completely driving the show off the rails before I get back to politics and your phone calls, because we're doing Doolittle Raid. I got a question about the Doolittle Raid. I'm already a half hour in. I might get it done this segment, and I might not. No guarantees, but I am a shogun, all right, and a benevolent shogun, so I want to remind you about a couple things. Your questions your, for tomorrow, email them now, Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. Ask me anything. The whole show, every Friday, is you. Also, you can call now. You might be waiting until I'm done with history, but you ain't got to get something off your chest. Go ahead. Just don't suck. And no small talk either. No one has any time for that. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. Back to this. All right, post-Pearl Harbor. They attacked us. It sucked. America was mad. But there were a couple things going on. One, Japan was feeling pretty good about itself post Pearl Harbor, as you can imagine. And they were feeling like they had extended a defensive perimeter out far enough. And this is what I mean. It actually helps uh, if you're not driving. It helps when you talk about history things or when you hear someone else talk about them to look at a map. If you pull up a map, because I know you know what Japan looks like. I'm not saying you're stupid. It's just the Pacific is so vast, and there's so much other crap down there. There's so much there. It's huge that if you look at Japan, all right, you got Japan. Now zoom out from Japan. I'm doing it right now with you. You see all these different islands and nations, and then America's so far away. 
remember, Pearl Harbor was not a one-off. Pearl Harbor was simply one aspect of a several-day offensive by Japan. They're taking Guam. They're taking Wake Island. They're taking the Philippines. They're taking all the... They're fortifying the islands around Japan. Make a little circle around Japan. Then make a bigger circle around that one. Then make a bigger circle around that one. They're trying to conquer bigger and bigger circles to fortify those islands from us coming. And Japan felt that they had enough of a circle. Now, I need to clarify a couple of things. These are going to be details, but as the saying goes, that's where the devil is, isn't he, in the details? One, Japan did not have radar. You know of radar. You've seen Top Gun enough times to know, oh, no, Maverick's in the cockpit, and he looks down at this little thingy, and there's these other blinking thingies on the screen, and, oh, I know, I got a MiG 20 knots or whatever they say. You know what radar is. It's how you locate other planes and, and, and ships and things like that. We had it. The British had it. The Japanese did not. That's going to come into play here in a moment. So that you need to take, you need to take that into effect. And two... This is a minor thing, but we didn't have an Air Force back then, all right? We had an Army Air Corps. The Air Force was part of the Army. The other part of America being angry was beyond the civilians, the leaders of America. While Japan was feeling good about itself and feeling comfortable, America, our leaders were feeling responsible to respond. Boy, is that a terrible way to put that. Responsible. They felt like they had a responsibility to respond. All right? So they did. They came up with an idea. Why don't we hit mainland Japan? I need to clarify, the Japanese were basically certain, while they were concerned, they were always very, very concerned about air raids on Japan, especially because everything's made out of paper and wood over there. They, they didn't think we had the capability. They'd done the numbers. They didn't think we had the capability, and they knew for sure we didn't have the capability to launch from Hawaii. Remember, all these launches, all these, uh, what, what are you capable of and not, it's all about fuel. Okay, we'll just make a bigger plane. Okay, you make a bigger plane, the bigger plane gobbles up more fuel. Okay, we'll make it lighter. Okay, I'll take the armor off. How do you think they're going to feel about How do you think that plane's going to do with no armor? You see what I mean? Laws of physics haven't changed. Everything's about fuel. So someone comes up with the idea, let's take one of our bombers, one of our landing bombers. Remember, this wasn't really the aircraft era yet, the air carrier aircraft era yet. Let's take one of our land-based bombers and let's retrofit it a little bit and strip some of that armor off of it and see if we can get one that can take off off of an aircraft carrier. The challenge off an aircraft carrier, you know, it's not long enough. <laughs> They're not that long. It's not like land. The runway's a lot shorter. So they do this. And they come up with this crew. Uh, Doolittle's in charge of it. Should be noted, quick side note, he was also an oil executive. And it every time I read about this story, that part hits me because it I'm reminded of a better time in this country when our elites, when our leaders of society felt an obligation to our society. Not all this global citizen climate change crap. Not all this, hey, we fly pride flags. They felt a genuine obligation to America and, and to freedom and just, gosh, we had oil executives on suicide missions. Think about that. Anyway, anyway, Doolittle comes up with this plan, picks a bunch of air crews, and the plan is this. They take off from San Francisco, if I remember right. 
They head towards Hawaii where Bull Halsey, Admiral Bull Halsey, Bull is his nickname, Bull Halsey, he's going to he's going to link up with them and they're going to fly well, they're gonna they're gonna cruise along the ocean towards Japan until they have to fly. Their plan is to get within 400 miles of Japan, take off from the carrier. They weren't planning on ever coming back to the carrier. Bomb Tokyo and a few other cities. They all had their own targets, and then fly past Japan into China, and try to land at a friendly airbase in China. That was the Doolittle plan. It's a good plan. All right. Dangerous, but a good plan. Couple big hiccups happen. One, Japan controlled a lot of China too, especially a lot of the coastal towns. Like if you again, you're looking at that map, Japan, you see China there. Japan, they had been taking over coastal cities and coastal areas in China to kind of kind of meld those two worlds together. That's one. And two, Japan wasn't totally naive to the fact somebody might try to attack. So they had boats out. They had ships out. Ships that had radios on them, patrolling back and forth, seeing what you can find. Remember, this is prior to them putting satellites in the sky. So Japan... So Japan... They... They had boats out. And one of them spotted our guys, but we were too far away from the Japanese mainland. We were too far away. When I say too far away, I could give you a number, but one, the number doesn't matter. And two, again, like is so often the case, history gets confusing. I have read a bunch on the Doolittle Raid. I can read you one right now. I'm looking at it that says they were 600 miles away from Japan. I can read another one. I'm looking at it right now. It says they're 650 miles away. I'm looking at a different one right now that said they're 750 miles away. How far away were they? I don't know. I, apparently, it's lost to history. But we do know it was too far away. They run into a Japanese ship. The Japanese ship, they believe, radioed back to Japan. So they quickly sink the ship, and now you've got a decision to make. Do we go forward with the raid, or do we don't? To their credit, they decide we're going to launch the raid. Now, keep in mind, we have a fuel problem here. They were already going to be pressed for fuel to get clear to that Chinese base after they bombed Japan. Now, they're taking off a lot further away. I will finish up the Doolittle Raid and the ugly aftermath you probably don't know about. And then we're getting to your phone calls tonight. 877-377-4373. And we'll get back to some more politics and emails and all these other things. While you're waiting for me to come back and finish this, here's what you're going to do. You're going to improve your life. And here's how you're going to do it. You're going to improve your night's sleep because you spend one-third of your life in bed. And if you could improve one-third of your life with a snap of your fingers, would you not have a better life? That's a 33% increase, correct? Eh, I don't major in math, but it's close. <laughs> My pillow has Giza Dream Sheets on sale right now. Big time sale, lowest price ever. You get them as low as $29.98. Get a couple sets of Giza Dream Sheets, and you will never put another set of Dream Sheets on your bed. Look, they've got a 60-day money-back guarantee. If I'm lying, send them back. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener specials, promo code JESSE. Two sets, Giza Dream Sheets. MyPillow.com, promo JESSE. Or call 800 845 right? Hang on. 
The Jesse Kelly Show. I like it. Returns next. Except some of them are going to die as we finish up our story here on the Jesse Kelly Show. And then we're going to go to some calls and back to politics. And look, I I can do an hour on history anytime I want. 877-377-4373. All right, so Pearl Harbor's over. They've decided on the Doolittle Raid. they got to retrofit some bombers. Uh, They're on their way. Big old naval carrier and this naval group, they're on their way towards Japan. They know they can't get too close to Japan. And I need to clarify this. We did not have a better Navy than Japan at this point in time. And we did not have very many aircraft carriers. And we knew they were precious. We think of America now, especially our Navy, I can't believe I'm saying that, as indestructible. Japan had a better Navy than we did. We were going to be in serious trouble if we ran into a significant portion of the Japanese Navy at this point. So we run into this naval ship. We assume the Japanese Navy ship is radioing back to Tokyo. Boom, boom, boom. We sink the ship. But obviously sinking the ship is not like in the movies where you just beep, press one button and the ship goes down. It took enough time. The ship got a radio message off, we thought. We launched the raid. These aircraft, they take off from the ship successfully. To his credit, Doolittle went first and almost took his right into the ocean. <laughs> but he took off successfully. I forget the exact number of bombs, but it wasn't many. I think they had three 500-pound bombs on them apiece and one incendiary bomb, something like that. It wasn't a lot, right? It was a lot. And they took off and they had specific targets. Now, remember when I said they were too far away? So they get close to Tokyo and they were supposed to originally attack at night. It was to provide them with more cover attacking at night. Because they had to take off early, it screwed up the whole timeline And they ended up having to attack during the day. You have probably read stories about people in Hawaii not understanding what the heck is happening when they were attacked Pearl Harbor. And there were Americans who waved at Japanese pilots and the Japanese pilots waved back during Pearl Harbor. Guess what? Same thing happened in Tokyo. They're looking up in Tokyo. They don't know American planes. The Japanese were doing drills all the time. The Japanese people, school children, were waving to our guys right there in Tokyo. Hey, oh, whoa, what's that dropping, mommy? You know, that kind of a thing. So our guys drop stuff. They don't do a lot of damage. Again, contrary to what you see in the movies, it's very, very inaccurate to bomb something from a plane. The winds and everything else, I don't care how many little little things you put on there. Unless you have something that's guided, it's very difficult to hit something. That's why we carpet bomb. Well, I can't hit something, so I'll hit everything. That kind of thing. We miss. Well, that's not fair. We hit a few targets, nothing significant. We were actually told, I don't know if you know this, to avoid schools and to avoid the emperor's palace. So we didn't want to take it too far. We were told to avoid the emperor's palace. Eh, Don't ask me. Anyway, we push on, but now our ships are running out of fuel and they're running out of fuel fast. They can't get to the Chinese airbase. They have to start crash landing on purpose on the Chinese coast. Now, you, you may know all that. Um... What you probably don't know is this part of it. And then we'll get to your phone calls and everything else. The Japanese were mortified that we were able to hit them. They were mortified that anyone was that close to the emperor. Remember, they considered him a god at this point in time. And they were really mortified that they did not properly plan for the Chinese to work with us, which they very clearly did because they knew the planes had gone down over there. The Japanese had enough intelligence resources and control of the area. They knew not only had our planes gone down over there, 
clearly somebody was helping our pilots, which they did. I want to credit them. There were all kinds of missionaries in China at the time, all kinds of anti-Japanese guerrillas in China at the time. And our guys had been trained. This is after Nanking, by the way, Chris. This is after Nanking. And actually, that's going to come into play here in a minute. This is after the Chinese had invaded Nanking and whatnot. So we knew the horror Jap- the Japanese would do. Our guys had been trained in the language and customs to extend a hand to the Chinese and basically ask for help. Hey, I need help. I need you to get me to this air base. I need you to get me somewhere. And our guys, sometimes they crashed into the mountains, sometimes in the swamp. Sometimes it just, it was ugly. But most of our guys got out of there. But you should know that a few of our guys did get captured. They beheaded three of them. They had a show trial, made a big show of beheading three of them. One of them, they let rot in prison, which honestly, the guys who got beheaded were the lucky ones. The guy who died in prison took a long time to die, and it was very unpleasant. But for the most part, again, credit to the Chinese, their the guerrillas and the missionaries there, our guys did get rounded up and got out. Doolittle himself got out. But the bad part came. The Japanese were not gentle before they thought their emperor had almost been bombed the Japanese decided to launch a massive reprisal that's really not known very much in America for the Doolittle Raid. They began to basically rape and pillage like a medieval army, like the Mongols on the move. Cities of 50,000 people, they would go in, kill every man, rape every woman and child, and burn the city to ash. They actually had specialist incendiary groups to make sure they burned everything. They tore up the rail lines. They had a special unit. You've probably heard of them before, Unit 731. They specialized in basically different forms of torture and biological warfare and things like that. Well, 731 had been developing ways to deploy deadly diseases, diseases like cholera, on top of killing all the men and women and children in this area. And when I say all... I'm talking, we don't know the numbers. They think it's 250,000 Chinese, most of them innocent civilians. Cities burned down, living in horror like you can't believe. At the end, Unit 731 came in and distributed things to the troops. They started poisoning wells and rivers. And so many Chinese were already dying because the hospitals had been burned down and all the doctors and nurses got murdered that more people got sick and died. It was... The wake of the Doolittle Raid, which no American seems to know about, was one of the worst human rights violations in the history of the world. In fact, you, you asked me about the rape of Nanking. There was a town, gosh, it starts with an N2, Namechung, Nangchung. I'm sorry, I'm doing this off the top of my head. The Japanese did basically the same thing they did in Nanking, and they called it the Rape of Nangchung, or whatever the city's name was afterwards. That is the Doolittle Raid. And it's still a point of controversy to this day if you read about it. We did not tell the Japanese or the Chinese nationalist leader that we were going to do the raid because we didn't want word to get out and we knew that he'd know reprisals would come his way, so we actually kept it secret from the Chinese. That is the story of the Doolittle Raid. And now we will get back to your phone calls and we will get back to politics. And we're going to have a blast. 877-377-4373. You, I hope you never get conquered by some medieval army. But if you do, I'm not worried about you. And you know why I'm not worried about you? It's because I know you have already purchased a Mantis X system. Mantis X is easy to buy. It's right there at MantisX.com. They deliver it to your home. 
you attach it to your weapon and you're going through drills in your living room, in your dining room, in your backyard, dry fire drills with feedback making you better. It's not target practice. Beep, beep, beep. Oh, I hit that. Nothing like that at all. Real professional drills by professionals. So if a medieval army ever comes storming into your town, you will not be a victim of cholera. You will fight back and win. Go to MantisX.com in the name of fighting against the Japanese. No, I'm kidding. We don't fight against the Japanese anymore. Go to MantisX.com and get yourself a Mantis X system. All right? There. I told you it might take me a while. Gosh, that felt good. I feel like a new man. Now we've got an hour more. And we'll get back to politics. And we're getting to phone calls. Remember, don't suck on these phone calls. All right? I'm in a mood now. I'm in a mood. I'll hang up. (laughs) 877-377-4373. Who was there for heroes or the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who helps our country's homeless veterans? And who helps our nation to never forget 9-11? Let me tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran Programs comprise their In the Line of Duty programs. They're all dedicated to honoring our nation's heroes and their families. Over 80 walks, runs, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is educating kids in kindergarten through 12th grade to help our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Hollywood is under siege from external forces. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream is now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in Hollywood Takeover. Brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some major studios. Don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free at hollywoodtakeover.com slash jesse. The 2024 election is upon us, and now is the time to fight back against the war on masculinity in American society today. Thankfully, the patriots at Chalk, C-H-O-Q, are here to help real American men maximize their masculinity by boosting testosterone levels up to 20% over 90 days. I've been taking a male vitality stack from Chalk for like three years now. It is incredible. They are here to help make American men strong again. Testosterone testosterone fueled again maximize your masculinity today at choq.com use the code jesse for a massive discount on any chalk subscription for life choq.com code jesse limited time offer subscription cancelable at any time Jesse Kelly here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, instinct may drive you to reach for lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of deadly force. Enter the Berna Less Lethal Pistol Launcher, equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo to incapacitate an attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states, requires no background checks, and can be shipped right to your door. Visit Berna.com slash Jesse now for an exclusive 10% discount.